Hi everyone and welcome to the Hybrid Hangout podcast. In today's episode we're going to be talking all about the transfer window which is now well and truly underway at the time of recording and publishing. We're a few days into it. There's been a few moves but not so much for Arsenal but let's definitely dive in. Before we start I just wanted to say hope for those who celebrate everyone had a great holiday season and for those who maybe don't celebrate that you enjoyed the time off if you were able to get some. So As I said, Arsenal haven't really made that many big moves, but what I would say is if you look at who's making the moves so far and who isn't, it's actually the lower teams, those in the relegation battles, that are making these moves, which makes complete sense. As much as we might be worried about Arsenal, ultimately they're in a good position, whereas, say, West Ham or Bristol City, they're struggling in the relegation battle. One thing I would say is... This is a really good example at the minute. If you look at the window of, say, West Ham compared to Bristol City, this is a really good example of the difference in what it means when you're backed by a Premier League club versus the ones who aren't. And this is because as much as, um, quite rightly, West Ham have been critiqued for not supporting their women's team as much as other clubs in the WSL, for example, the very, very limited amount of games they've played elsewhere in the larger club stadium or kind of the hype they put into promo compared to the men's team lots of things really but when push comes to shove they obviously do have more resources than say Bristol City so for example West Ham have obviously signed Christy Mewis which also is clearly good news for Chelsea fans which means it's bad news for us because that makes it way more likely that Sam Kerr is staying in the WSL Chelsea for at least another year. Christy Mewis's deal is 18 months I believe. Obviously they've just got engaged and in the US documentary and also I think in the Matildas documentary just before the World Cup which if you haven't watched is such a good watch by the way they spoke about how they don't want to be long distance anymore and obviously she's now moved to the UK. Sam Kerr's contract runs out at the end of this summer but this obviously is a signal for Chelsea fans. Other moves in the WSL that have been quite interesting is definitely Charlie Grant, the Matildas player who was now signed for Spurs which is a little bit heartbreaking because I really enjoy watching her play. The only positive that I can take from that for Arsenal is that it now means that Kyra Cooney-Cross is going to have one of her best mates in London. So there you go, swings and roundabouts. Hopefully that will improve her game. Definitely Spurs are making some moves in this window. I would say specifically under their new management, as we sadly saw in the North London derby before the close of the season, the first half of the season anyway, they're definitely getting a real identity now and they're definitely going to be start pushing the bigger teams. But let's turn our focus to Arsenal. So why is it super, super quiet on the front of buying? So essentially the answer is super simple and it's simply that Arsenal have fully registered every available player so there is a maximum number that you can register to play in the WSL. That number is actually smaller than what men's teams can register in the Premier League which I always think is interesting. Jonas in the past has said that he disagrees with this especially for the clubs that are competing on multiple fronts so those competing in Europe obviously the Conti Cup, the FA Cup etc etc. This leads to a number of issues firstly rotation, um, fatigue, It can also just lead to the slower development of players because you can't put them on and, you know, you can imagine how this goes. Now, this problem is mostly affecting Gio. So Gio wasn't able to be registered. It was believed that she was going to go out on loan, which is why she wasn't put forward as one of the number of players anyway. 
and essentially it fell through. From what I know, this was due to an issue on her end. Now, what that is, I don't know. Speculation is kind of her preference for location or anything like that. We honestly, it's not super clear. Now, Jonas has said himself that he wants to revisit the scenario and he absolutely does see her going out on loan. So to be honest, Geo leaving, not for permanent, just on loan, seems basically a given now. It's not like a possibility, like it's it's a given, it's happening. Some of the places that seem likely for her to go is definitely Spurs or potentially um, a club in Spain. No clue as to which ones on that front. In all honesty, Gio's career has stalled at Arsenal. It's basically been put on pause for 18 months. She continues to train with some of the best players in the world, which is obviously going to improve her, but ultimately without that game time, she's not going to grow and she's also not going to be able to display her talent either, which is very much why even though Brazil had an absolute injury crisis on their hands, she still wasn't called up. However, before and at the start of her Arsenal career, she was being called up. If you cast your mind back to when Gio first signed, it was very much a high Gio by Gio, which was absolutely fine. She went straight on loan to Everton. However, due to her injury issues and also Arsenal's injury problems, she then was recalled back. To be honest, I think this was a bit of a mistake on Arsenal's part, simply because she still didn't get any minutes. And um, we believe that's because partly because anyway, that her injury was persisting. Ultimately, I think it would be a real shame to lose Gio and also see Gio's career kind of falter in this manner. It's obviously heartbreaking for any player. So hopefully a loan can really reset her. Now, the other person that I think could definitely go on loan is Katrina Kuhl, the Denmark player. She's very much a first-team starter for Denmark, but at the minute, she's only had literally a few minutes. I think it's something like six or seven minutes for Arsenal in the WSL season so far. And that's because our midfield is now pretty crowded. Now, I think she's part of the long-term plan for Arsenal, but this, um, let's say, phase, changing phase, the growth phase for the midfield is very difficult because you have a very, very talented Kim Little and Leah Volti, who play some of their best football together because they've grown into that partnership. Now, while I don't think they're retiring say tomorrow, I don't think you're going to go on your phone and be like announcement time, it's very clear that we have midfielders who are at the start of their career, Kyra Cooney Cross, Katrina Cool, Victoria Palova, Palova obviously slightly further into it than some of the others. And then Leah Volti herself said that um, when she signed for Arsenal, it was a really big decision because as much as she loves the club, this is her last big contract deal of her career just because of where she's at. And then obviously we know the situation with Kim as well. She's already retired from international football. So then the question is, how do Arsenal deal with this transition period? Because the new players need time to A, embed themselves and work together, understand each other's game, because that's definitely a part of why Leah Volti and Kim Little are so successful together, is because of that understand, like, that innate knowledge of each other's game. But then on the flip side, you don't want to waste the talents of Leah Volti and Kim Little, and you don't want to have all of these players, because especially while we're not in Europe, the rotation isn't as much as an issue. Hopefully this will improve, because obviously the FA Cup is going to be going into full swing on the 14th of Jan. We obviously play Watford, but then the issue you have with that, on top of all of this, is that, say, Kyra Cooney-Cross, Victoria Pullover, Katrina Cool, 
they're all international starters, well, like first teamers. Katrina Cool and Pullover in particular normally start games. Kyra Cooney Cross, definitely a very regular player for the Matildas, so then they're going to want to continue to expand their game. So it's this really difficult transition period of how you find that balance between moving to the future, but also not putting too much, A, putting not too much on them. They're still very young and they need to grow and develop. There's going to be times where they're going to do things that you wouldn't expect, say, Kim Little of Ulti to do because that's not their game, if you know what I mean. Talking of loans, looking at it the other way around, you have the likes of Freya Godfrey on loan at Charlton, Michelle Ajimank, who's on loan at Watford, and quite a few others elsewhere, especially Watford as well. But looking at those two in particular, they're very, very impressive players. I really don't want to lose them. I think they're going to be part of the future of Arsenal. But they're now probably too good to be sent back on loan. So this isn't this winter window. This is when they return in the summer. They're probably too good to be going on loan to a championship side with all due respect. But they're going to need to still be on loan because they're not quite ready yet. They are still very young. So then we're looking at where we're going to loan to them in the WSL. Or maybe a different league, but I think probably the WSL. But a lower level team. So as you can see from this like brief insight, there's many, many layers and many, many kind of things that depend on this, that depend on that, depend on this type of situation. So it's very complex. What I would say is that, of course, Arsenal have a lot of resources in regards to this. We're also one of the clubs in the WSL that have a loan manager. And I've also spoken to Jonas myself in um, press conferences about how much of a link he has to those players that are on loan, talking about conversations he has with them and also how they invite them back to train with the first team. So lots of moving parts, but now let's move on to if we're going to sign anyone at all. One of the big rumours that we've had is courtesy of Tim Stillman over at Arsblog. Now, his suggestion which seems very very legit from what I've heard as well is that Emily Fox is in very advanced stage talks with Arsenal so for those of you who don't know Emily Fox is a defender she's currently at North Carolina Courage she plays for the US national team and was actually nominated in about December time for the US Soccer Player of the Year award which according to the US website is referred to as the highest honour awarded to soccer players in the US so a pretty high honour for a bit of contextual reference, so you can kind of gauge where she's at in reference to this, the other nominees are Lindsay Horan, who obviously plays for Leon as well as the US team, uh, Crystal Dunn, a fellow defender, and finally it's Naomi Germa, a defender who, um, side note, I really like her gameplay, um, however, sadly don't see her heading to Arsenal, although she was at the Emirates for our win against Chelsea, but that's simply because she was supporting a friend, but you know, I'll, I'll hold on to that. A quick overview of her kind of style of play is I think she really has what we've been lacking maybe the last few seasons in the right back position, she's super quick, great with the one-on-one -on -one situations, has a lovely kind of like passing um, ability and also has a very high work ethic which is really noted by her US teammates in interviews a lot as well. 
this is obviously an interesting situation because I think she would really improve Arsenal's game but then looking at the right back position obviously we have Noelle Maritz however she's not been getting that much game time even though she would probably be your natural choice for that position and quite often we see Katie McCabe play well I say out of position she can essentially play pretty much anywhere sometimes I think you could put Kate in goal and she'd still do pretty much okay she is one of those like generational players but overall I think that puts some questions in mind and also while I haven't heard anything on this front in terms of like rumours it does make you question kind of Noel Maritz's place in the team in terms of is she, does she want to go on loan there was discussion about whether she was staying especially as she was losing out minutes to Laura V. Morita, but that kind of went away when Laura obviously sadly did her ACL however as I say we have to say goodbye to someone to have someone come in so obviously there is someone in mind who that is going to be I'm not 100% sure I think in the summer it will become a lot clearer as to kind of the changes I do see some potential retirements and people moving on for various reasons from the club January as I said is always a bit more difficult in terms of um, signing selling life change sorts of things and overall as well, I think it's pretty clear that Arsenal should be quieter on the signing front lately because we had a really big upheaval, which I think was the best thing to do. I think Jonas is moving in the right direction, especially with having a bigger squad. But it's, then at some point, you obviously have to get used to playing with that squad. Um, Tim Stillman, actually, I think he's mentioned this before as well, but when you look at, say, Chelsea, they've had this big big squad for a while now but you can essentially pick and choose the player like put one in take one out and they're all able to play really well together you wouldn't necessarily know that that's not their first choice type situation they're all very knowledgeable about each other's game but that's because they've had quite a while to work on that whereas Arsenal have had a small squad size for quite some time essentially the whole time under Jonas Eidvall so it's now about growing together so while I do think there will be changes in this winter window as there will be in the summer, I think people need to expect smaller changes as the years go on in terms of squad size, especially while the WSL won't allow for a bigger registration squad. Now let's talk about some of the classic rumours that always surround Arsenal. So let's start off with Mary Earps. Now what's become clear is that Mary Earps does want to leave Manchester United I don't think there's any way other than thinking about that and I'm not just stirring the pot because I'm not like a fan of that team for example but I genuinely think from more of an investigative um, perspective I suppose what the situation is surrounding Man United obviously there's outgoings everywhere but to have some of your biggest players want to leave in a fairly short period of time and also, now this is speculative, obviously, and I think maybe some people do read too much into these things, but a lot of players seem to leave, and this isn't only the case for Manchester United, don't get me wrong, a lot of players seem to leave and then talk about how, how much happier they are. Not as They don't call out Manchester United, of course, but it, it does seem interesting, that situation that's kind of developing there, and it is definitely going to be interesting to see if they are going to repeat say the mistakes with Alessia Russo because obviously we gave offered them a world record fee they rejected it and then we ended up getting Alessia Russo on a free <laughs> if that happens again with Mary Earps if I was a fan of Manchester United I would be asking some very serious questions about how the business side of it's run 
it actually looks like Mary Epps might be looking more PSG Real Madrid. Certainly PSG seem to be the front runners at the minute. I also think that makes the most sense for Man United to have somewhere where they're comfortable to sell her to. I can absolutely understand why they wouldn't be comfortable selling her to Arsenal. The same for Alessia Russo, for example, because we're a direct competitor and obviously this season they're not much like Arsenal they're not in the Champions League either so it's not as big of an issue we've seen this before so for example Jill Raud had her wishes respected which is the right thing to do when Wolfsburg allowed her to leave but as much as everyone knows bless her that she wants to go to Barcelona Wolfsburg weren't going to sell her to Barcelona because they see Barcelona as a direct threat because of how often they come up against each other in Europe which is why they were comfortable to see her go to Man City for example because of again they're not in the champions league so definitely that's something to monitor however what we know is that there's been no new talks since the previous transfer window between mary and arsenal or united and arsenal now just finally i wanted to end on some kind of discussions about where we get our sources from i think especially as the game grows it's very very natural that um a, fans are going to speculate more, I think that's completely normal, but also that we're going to see these like jokes and kind of pranks, if you will, of or people just like to stir the pot, completely expected, but it can get really, really confusing for people. Um, one of the ones I've seen recently was uh, a French player, Kachoui, who allegedly was very interested in signing with Arsenal, but that has been completely disproven and it was just made up online by someone. So I think I'm just going to say places to get your news first off the official source arsenal's instagram and social media accounts and the website reliable journalism tends to come from the bbc of course tim stillman ask blog um anton at sky sports very big fan of his work as well uh the athletic uh susie rack who normally writes with the guardian very good as well but ultimately i think when you read things think about a, where the source is coming from, but also how it's read. I want people to remember that there's a difference between... I've seen a lot of hate for certain journalists who will say such and such potential or um, rumoured interest. Think about just just because someone... Um, a good example, for ex- I'm going to think of something for you, is when a journalist will say the offer remains on the table but they that's true what they've said is true but then people interpret that as saying well you know Mary Epps is definitely going to sign that contract because there's an offer on the table from Manchester United but that's not what the journalist said at all so just make sure you're taking the language at face value you don't need to read between the lines when it comes to reports and rumors about the transfer window I would leave that sort of thing to the more nuanced articles that are based on opinion and things like that. Now, let's finish off with a bit of movement that we have actually had in terms of players on loan, specifically at Bristol City. So, Kaylin, our goalkeeper, has she played a few games for Bristol City actually that looked to be quite a positive move for her she also seemed very comfortable in Bristol however as many of you probably noticed on her social media Arsenal social media for example she's been back a lot now this isn't necessarily unusual we've seen the same for Michelle Ajimang who is now back at Watford on loan she suffered a knee injury and rehabbed at Arsenal with Arsenal players 
However, the decision has now been made to call time on Kaylin's loan to Bristol City and this is because of another knee injury. Sadly, the goalkeeper suffered a tear to her anterior cruciate ligament against Aston Villa in November. She's now she's already had the successful surgery as confirmed by Bristol City and she will now just finish her re- rehabilitation with her parent club. Um, Bristol have wished Kaylin all of the best for her future and they thanked her for her efforts with Bristol City. Now looking ahead obviously we have the transfer window is open until the end of January and but then free agents can come in at different points obviously this is about the transfers of players which is definitely something else to remember especially if you are new to football and the transfer window. Looking ahead, our next game is on the 14th of January. This is an FA Cup game against Watford, where obviously a lot of our players are currently on loan, so it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. Really would recommend you reading the Guna fanzine, which is specifically this piece by Freddie, who is a great journalist who's um, up and coming, I would say, yeah. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. Um... And basically, he interviewed Watford's manager. It was a really interesting insight into our players' time at Watford. And he also reveals that he tried to get Teogoldi on loan. However, she obviously then did her other ACL again, which obviously is so sad for her. But she does seem to be progressing really well. I wouldn't be surprised if when she is fully recovered, we do see her go out on loan mainly to Watford. Arsenal and Watford have a very close relationship, both professionally but also geographically. Um, London Colney, where Arsenal train, literally next door, share a postcode with Watford, which I always think is so funny when I go there. You can just see the Watford training ground. Other exciting things to look forward to is, of course, the return of Leah Williamson and Laura Wiemreuter. Definitely happening we're in the calendar year in which that is happening, which is really exciting. We're expecting to see Leah first. I know some people are saying January, but I would, A, not put pressure on the player. I think that's really bad for the mental health connections to ACLs as well in general. But also, I think when we've spoken in the past, it seems to be more February time. Obviously, that could have changed, though. Laura Vimorita maybe slightly later than hers, just simply because her injury happened after Leah's but definitely earlier on in the season than later on which is super exciting. The WSL is back a little bit later than the FA Cup. Our first WSL game of 2024 is on the 20th of Jan. Kickoff is at two. It's at home against Everton. One thing I would say about the FA Cup game is the really interesting initiative put forward by Arsenal, the No More Red campaign. So you can expect to see the Arsenal players, both the men and the women's teams, will be playing in the all-white kit to uh, represent this initiative, which is really worthwhile. I would recommend heading to the Arsenal website if you don't know too much about it. They've got some really interesting um, interviews on it and also the use of Arsenal's platform is really inspiring, I think. For now, you can expect to see content from the girls that are in Portugal. They're there for, well, I say warm weather training. However, it seems to be pretty bad rain, certainly on the first day of training. This is super common. For example, Manchester United are currently out there in Malta, um, also doing the same thing. So with that, best of luck to everyone trying to track the transfers. I'll, of course, be reporting on things using social media and also probably a podcast app to review it. 
my main advice is definitely always look where the rumors are coming from but also never get too attached to a rumor until it's officially through I think everyone's guilty of this. I got particularly excited about, for example, the thought of Dabina, a Brazilian player, coming to Arsenal uh, last summer transfer window, I think it was, winter, something like that. And obviously it never happened, but there we go. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.